Judges chapter 8 tonight. Judges chapter 8. I will try not to be long. I have to say that because Lily always says when I say that, we're here for a long time. <laughs> but I, I've got something I want to say to you tonight. It might help you out tonight, help you in this uh, walk that we're in. Because uh, there's going to be some people trying to discourage you. There's going to be people trying to pull you away. There are going to be people come to you and say, why do you go to church? There's no need for you to go to church. There is no such thing as a God. There's no, why do you go to church? When you die, you die. That's it. Well, let me, let me know how that works out for you when you die and stand before God. Because there is a judgment coming. There is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. And we need to make sure we're ready. So uh, Judges chapter 8, verse number 4. Uh, it doesn't matter how long you've been living for the Lord. It could be for a long time or a short time. Uh, uh, I believe this is something that every one of us can get a hold of and understand. And we'll go back and look at uh, some things that happened here, but we'll find that Gideon has uh, been in an all-out war with the Mennonites. And God has given Gideon a, a poor, large portion of victory in chapter number 7, but now Gideon is trying to chase down the last little remnant that has escaped from the battlefield to make sure that they don't come back to uh, haunt the God of people, the uh, people of God. Uh, watch the description that these people that were chasing after these people. Verse number four, And Gideon came to Jordan and passed over. He and 300 men that were with him, now watch this, faint, yet pursuing them. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you tonight, Lord. We just ask you to open our hearts and minds. Lord, give us an understanding and a clear vision of your word and your work in our life. Help us to be what we need to be, Lord. Help us to be a light unto the other people, Lord, that don't know you, Lord, that we'll bring them into. Help us to be a light to these children, Lord, that they'll seek after you and call after you, Lord, when they come to know you. And Father, we just thank you for what you do. We give you the praise and honor and glory in all things. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Uh, preaching on this thought tonight, tired, but still pursuing. Can I tell you tonight, I'm living, I'm living this message tonight. While I'm preaching, I, I, I've lived some messages while I, when I preached them to you, but this message right here, I am living. I have been tired the last month. I have been weary. I've been through some stuff. I just been gone through things. We just came through revival. It just seems like things around the house are just breaking and this is breaking. I am tired. I'm tired. But I made my mind up. I'm going to keep pursuing. I'm going to keep pursuing. I'm kind of like these fellas. I may faint, but I'm still pursuing what I'm after. You have to got to get to a place and point in your Christian life, your Christian walk, to make your mind up uh, what your feelings uh, ain't got nothing to do with it. Right is right and wrong is wrong. It feels like it's not, but one best attribute of a Christian is Gideon's life is that he has the bulldog determination. He is not going to give up. He's not going to quit. Once Gideon gets a hold of this serving God thing in chapter 6, he's still a little bit of a reluctant warrior. He really doesn't want to serve God 
when he shows up. But when he finally gets a hold of it and he finally makes his mind up what's going to serve God, Gideon's best attribute is the, I'm going to serve God with everything I got. To, no matter if anybody else is going to serve God, no matter if anybody is going with me, I'm going to serve God with everything I got. And that's what I'd like to have. That's the kind of attribute I would like to have. I'm going to serve God whether there's anybody beside me or not. And when he's doing exactly what God told him to do, he's getting tired. He's getting faint. Now, child of God, it is possible, and I hope you understand this, by now in your Christian walk, it is possible to do everything that God has asked you to do and get worn out about doing it. It is possible of being exactly where God wants you to be at in your life and your walk with Him and be faint about it. You can get a bit tired mentally, you can get tired physically, and you can get tired spiritually doing what God has told you to do, doing what God has directed you to do, walking with God, and you can get wore out. Amen. I, I love that song. I'm in the way, the bright shining way. I'm in the glory land way. The old timers used to say, I'm in the way. I, I like that. I, I'm in the way. And let me just say this. I'm tired in the way, but I ain't tired of the way. Amen. I, I just want to say, I'm like Gideon. He, he faint. Bible said, let's not be weary and well-doing, but in due season we shall reap if we faint not. You know why Paul said, be not weary and well-doing? Because he knew there's going to be times in your life that you're going to get weary and well-doing. There's going to come some times in your life that you're going to say, I'm about ready to give up. I'm fainting. I'm falling away. But he wants to encourage you. He said, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. You know working for God, it is a labor sometimes. Amen. Come on now. You don't get quiet on me now. Living for God is just labor and work sometimes. It ain't, it ain't always shouting and praising and jumping and running. It ain't all that way. It is literally sometimes you got to work. Amen. We went through the week of revival. We listened to the preacher preach. We listened to singers sing. But now it's time to us to get our, our face fit to the flint and put that yoke back on our back and go to work for God. But the truth, we have to grab a hold of times like that that we get uh, through the town times. And I say we may be faint, but I'm still pursuing. I, I'm still chasing something. I'm still after something. And not quitting just because I get tired. If you're living for God a life long pursuit, You'll get tired. You'll get weary. You'll get faint. But you got to just make up your mind no matter how tired you get, no matter how faint you get, 
You've got to be like Gideon. I'm going to set my face towards the flint and I'm going to go towards God. And I don't care if it's just one year uh, pursuit or a five year pursuit. I'm a ten year pursuit. I'm making it a lifelong pursuit of serving God no matter what happens and no matter who's with me or who's behind me. I'm serving God. Make reading your Bible a long, lifelong pursuit. Amen. I think we fall short of reading our Bible like we should. Uh, being faithful to the house of God. Make it a lifelong pursuit. Make prayer a, a love, lifelong pursuit. Uh, make living for Jesus a lifelong pursuit. Make living, winning people to God a lifelong pursuit. And if something you're constantly chasing after and you're constantly after it. You say, preacher, do you ever get tired? Yes, I do. I'm sure I get tired, and I'm sure you get tired. But I've seen God do things that I've never been able to see to do if I wasn't serving and chasing after Him. If I wasn't longing after Him, no matter how tired I got, I've seen God do some things if I just quit and walked away. I don't know if y'all know much about the Pony Express. It lasted for 18 months. It went bankrupt. But the Pony Express was the, the express mail at the time. It, it, it went from Missouri to California in 1860 and 1861. The riders were aged from 15 to 18. Buffalo Bill Cody was one of the riders of the Pony Express. But the stress of the hours that they were in the saddle and the, and the uh, constant attack of Indians and robbers and all of that, it wore those guys out. They were in the saddle anywhere from 15 to 18 to 20 hours a day. It, they got wore out and finally got to the place they could not keep people enough to come and ride these horses over and over. In fact, they said uh, Buffalo Bill Cody, uh, Cody made a round trip of 360 miles in 28 hours. These didn't get no rest, got no sleep. He was constantly doing it. And he didn't give up because he said, I chose to do this. And I'm going to do this. I'm going to pursue this. And no matter what, if anybody else does it, I'm going to do this. And along the way, they had these things, what they call way stations. That's where these truckers get this thing where they had to stop at a way station. That's where they get this way station from. And, and that way station would be a little cabin somewhere on the route. And it would be manned by one man. And when he seen that rider come riding up and he see him sweating and, he, and the horses all lathered up, that, that uh, uh, way station attendant would go out and get another horse in his saddle and have it ready there. He would go get him some fresh water and then get him some jerky. And that rider would get off that sweat horse, that lathered up horse, and he would give him that water and that jerky and get him on the other horse and slap that horse while he watched him ride off. There was no break in this. People got weary and tired of doing that. Now let me just say this, child of God. There's going to be times that you're going to get weary. There's going to be times that you're going to go uh, hungry. There's going to be times you're going to go thirsty. But can I tell you right now, this is the way station that you need to pull into. This is the place where God said, hey, I've got some food for you. Hey, I've got something for you. You can get a drink of water here. You can get some rest here. God said, you are at your way station right now. We get tired and worn out. 
world comes by and says, I don't think much about what you do. I don't like what you do. Just stay in it. Stay at it. Paul said in Philippians chapter 3, not as though I have already obtained either or were already perfect, but I follow after. I'm after something. I'm chasing something. If that I may apprehend that which is also I apprehend of Christ Jesus, brethren, I count myself not to apprehend it. I have not, get, I have not reached what I need to reach, but I'm not going to give up keep going. But he says, I'm forgetting those things that lay behind me and reaching forth unto the things which are before me. I press toward the mark, the prize of high calling of God in Jesus Christ. Paul said, I'm tired from time to time, and I'm telling you, I get tired from time to time. I get worn out from time to time, and I am sure you get the same way. Uh, you hear them talk about how they get tired, that we're getting ready to go into the really tired season here. When we have VBS, people get wore out. People's nerves get shot, to, and sometimes you get a little anxious. It's that time of season. We're going through those time of seasons, but I want to understand this. There's a prize on the other side. Don't give up on this side. Don't get in the middle of the fight. Don't get in the middle of the trip. Uh, don't get right in the middle of something. He said, you know what? I can't take it. I'm tired. I'm wore out. I quit. Gideon said, never said that. Gideon said, I faint. But yet I am pursuing. Are you pursuing something tonight? Hey, I'm just saying, are you pursuing something? Preaching on tired. But I ain't turning back. I ain't turning back. I, a preacher used to tell me, tough times doesn't last, but tough people do last. Tough people do last. If thou faint in the day of adversity, thy strength is small. He is saying, hey, if every time something comes up that's not feeling right to you uh, and it weighs on you and you faint every time, you don't have the strength to stand up. If the only time you can stand when everything is going good in your life, you'll never be tested or tried. You don't have the strength to endure the hardships that are coming and serving and walking with God. You think it's bad now, it's going to get worse. And then we ought to be reminded when it does start pulling down on us, when it starts seeing the, the world coming down on top of us, we ought to just think about Gideon. Gideon says, I faint, but I'm still pursuing. And there's going to come the time that you're going to say, Lord, I'm tired. I'm wore out. I, but I'm not going to turn around. I'm not going to turn back. Faint, but yet pursuing. What caused them to get faint? What caused these guys to get faint? Let's go back to chapter number 7. Look like chapter number 7. We're going to be in chapter 6, 7, and 8 tonight, so we'll go ahead and just mark those chapters. If you can't find them, go to Judges 1 and go over six chapters. You'll find them there. Amen. Judges chapter 7, verse number 2. And the Lord said unto Gideon, The people that are with thee are too many for thee. There are, the people that are too 
that are with thee are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands, lest Israel vaunt themselves against me, saying, My own hand has stayed. And they said, Hey, you got too many people in order for me to get the victory, for me to get the glory. If you got all these people, they're going to say, we did it on ourselves. Now, therefore, go and proclaim in the ears of the people, saying, Whosoever is fearful and afraid, let him return and depart early from the Mount of Gilead. And there uh, return of the people, 20 and 2,000, and there remain 10,000. Gideon started out with 32,000 people now. That's a big army. That's a good-sized army. You know, you got 32,000 people, you're thinking, <laughs> We're going to get it done. God says, you know what? Just go and tell him, hey, all those that are scared, go on home. Go on home. And the Lord said unto Gideon, the people are yet bit too many. Bring them down into the water, and I will try them for thee and there, and it shall be that of whom I said unto thee, this shall go with thee, the same shall go with thee, and whatsoever. Whomsoever I say unto thee, this shall not also go with thee, the same shall go, not go. So he brought them down to the people, to the water, unto the water. And the Lord said unto Gideon, Everyone that lappeth up the water with his tongue, as a dog lappeth with him, shall you set up by himself. Likewise, everyone that bowed down upon his knee to drink. And another of them that lapped, putting their hand to the mouth, were three hundred men. But all the rest of the people bowed down upon their knees and drank water. And the Lord said unto Gideon, By the three hundred men that lapped will I say to you, and deliver the Midianites unto the hand that I had, and let all the other people go, every man unto his place. Can I say the first thing that caused them to faint? It was because of friends and fellow soldiers. Sometimes friends and fellow soldiers will cause you to get faint, cause you to want to quit. If you look at chapter 6 where God calls Gideon, it was in chapter 7 when God gives Gideon this army. He has 32,000 people and God is fixing to cut him down. Gideon looks around, he sees 32,000 people. God tells Gideon, hey, Tell all those that's scared, because you definitely don't want somebody scared in the army to fight with you. You won't want them there because they can cause other people. Now, you've got the mindset. Gideon's thinking. He's got 32,000 soldiers, and he's thinking himself, everybody has the same cause that I've got. Everybody's got the same cause I've got. So he's saying, you know what? The Lord said, if you're scared, afraid, go on home. Now Gideon's thinking maybe 32,000, maybe 100 people. I, I know they all have the same cause as I've got. Maybe max of two, two, 200 people. Then Gideon got to count it. One, two, three, four, five, hundred, thousand, five thousand, six thousand, seven thousand, ten thousand, twenty thousand, twenty-two thousand. Friends are going to call, you know, just because of friends. Let can I say this? You can have a friend beside you, with you, along the way, that's walking with you, and when it starts to cost them something, when they're going to have to give up something of themselves, uh, you'll find out real quick they're not in the cause with you. They're just there because of you. A lot of those soldiers, well, I'm just there because my friend was there. I'm there because my, my relatives are there. 
But if it's going to start costing me something, it's going to start, I have to start giving up something. No, I don't want that. You'll find out there are going to be a lot of people that you walk with in this Christian walk that you think are just the same mind as you are for the same cause you are, and something comes up, and they're going to fall away. They're going to give up. They're going to walk away. They're not the same like mine. They're not, they don't have the same cause that you have. They, their cause is just because I'm a friend. I'm a relative. I'm just going to I'm there. They might have been pressuring to being there. A lot of people sitting in churches today because a friend invited them. Ain't nothing wrong with that. But you got to remember, they don't have the same cause in, your mind, in their mind as you do. They may start coming to church. We got to remember until they get right with God and get called by God, they're still just there because they're your friend. And then when it starts costing them something in service, I'm, not, I'm out of here. There's a lot of relatives that feel like they're being pressured into coming to church. Amen. You're nagging at them. You're pulling on them. You're nagging at them. They feel like, they, you know, they're in church, but thank God when they're in church. But if they don't get right with God, it don't take long when it starts costing them something. They're going to walk away. They're going to walk away. Every one of us knows somebody that we've served with in a long time. I know some people I've worked with a long time. They're no longer in the way because something happened in their life. Changed them. Now they're no longer serving God. They don't want to serve God anymore. So God said, hey, can you imagine what Gideon thought when all those people start walking away? Start saying, you know what? I'm out of here. I'm not serving you. I'm not worshiping like you worship. I'm going to give up on you. I'm not going to do that. So what does he do with that? I'll tell you. Living for God and living for Jesus, you watch some people you call friends or watching some people you call family of God and they finally just dip out on you. And really, just really, you find out they're not interested in the things that you're interested in. But can I say this is the right cause, living for God, serving Jesus? You realize what you, the reason why you're sitting here on the pews is because you got a buddy or there's a relative that encourage you to come to church, want you to come to church, and you start coming to church. But fear caused many of them to turn around. We find that flesh thinned out the herd. They quit because of the flesh. He brings 10,000 men down to the water. You know, Gideon said, you know, Lord, I got 10,000 people left. I, not a bad army, but uh, the odds were better with 32. 22,000 men left me. Now you want to go down to the water. And he said, hey, all those that fall down on their knees and lap water up like a dog, set them to one side. You know, I... I <laughs> I really read into that. I said, what's the difference? You ever been so thirsty, you fall face first in the water wanting some water? I've been there. I've been in, I've been in some hot places, buddy. Let me tell you what. I stuck my head in the barrel of water and didn't care who was around it. I wanted some water. But what he's saying, those that fall down on the face and lap up water like a dog. He said, but take them to one side. But those that take and reach down the hand go. 
You know what he's saying? Those are the ones that are just watching. Those are the ones that's keeping an eye out for the enemy. You ever notice how animals drink water? They, they spread out and they got, they got watching things. They're looking around. They're not just diving into the water. They, they're looking around. They take a drink and they look to make sure the enemy comes. That's what he's saying. Those that fall down on their face is doing nothing but serving flesh, trying to satisfy the flesh. They don't care about the things of God. They just got all the things. They don't worry about the enemy around them. But those who do like this, they're looking for the enemy. They have a watch out for the enemy. Now Gideon's down to 300. Surely, surely Gideon's going to say, Lord, <laughs> it, ain't, it, ain't, it ain't looking real good here, God. I started out with 32,000, then you bust me down to 10,000, now I'm down to 300. Do you know how many Midianites there were? Oh, man, we'll get to that in a minute. You notice what thinned out the crowd in verse 4. And the Lord said unto him in verse 5, And the Lord said, Every time the Lord said, it caused those people to step out. When Gideon started telling them what the Lord said, I believe that God can fill a church based off on the Holy Ghost preaching. But don't miss this. We have got a lot, a bigger crowd, a lot faster if we stop telling them the Word of God and start cutting cost start filtering out things slicing a little bit off here and there people are not going to take what the lord said they want to hear what somebody has to say they don't want to hear what god has to say they will walk off when you start thus saith the lord they return they turn their minds real quick against the things of god and obviously it made gideon faint he was worried, he was, but yet he was still pursuing. Gideon had made his mind up that he was going to serve God before he gave him an army. And I'm going to serve God if the whole army leaves me. If I have to walk by myself. If I'm the last one standing, I've made my mind up. There is a God in heaven, though the is enough to come by me and get me. I'm not going to walk off. I'll still be walking with God. You got to make your mind up, child of God. What is your kind of determination that you're going to have that is the kind of grit if no one else is with you, if you by yourself, you serving God, you out on the streets witnessing God, handing out tracts, whether nobody else will go with you, you've got to make your mind up, I'm going to still do it. I'm going all the way. If I have to do it by myself, I'm going to be doing what God has called me to do. Maybe it's because you're kind of, you need to be the kind of Christian on your job to be a light in a dark place. Maybe in your school, you need to be a light in a dark place. They may make fun of you. They may laugh at you. Maybe in your own family, you need to be a light in a dark place. They make fun of you. 
I'll walk with God if I have to walk with God by myself, Gideon said. Do you have that kind of pursuit in your life? That kind of pursuit. Friends and fellow soldiers can make you faint. Flesh can make you faint. Foes can make you tired. The foes. Verse number 12. And the Midianites, Amalekites, and all the children of the east laid along the valley like grasshoppers. <laughs> you got to remember, Gideon's got 300. For the multitude of their camels were without numbers, and the sands by the seaside for multitude. Gideon's got 300 men. They can't even count the number of men they're standing against. It's like grasshoppers, camels without numbers, the sands of the sea. Gideon had 32,000. God gave him that number. Listen to you. We do not have the number of people, but we know it's thousands upon thousands because the numbers cannot be numbered. Gideon's outnumbered by a large amount. His little army of 300 cannot stand up against these people. Anytime you get to looking at the overwhelming odds of this world against you, it can get daunting. It can get daunting. If you live with inside these four walls of the church and don't let your light shine out there, you might get the point of thinking that everybody loves Jesus in this world. But once you start letting that light shine outside, hmm. Once you start letting people know that you are a child of God, I'm going to tell you I'm a child of God. I'm walking with God. I'm serving God. I'm praising God. I want to hand you a track. Then you'll find out just exactly how many people hate God and Jesus in this world. It's an overwhelming odds that we're living in. We're like Gideon. We're facing these overwhelming odds against all these people. They walked off. Chapter number six. So why why were the many nights? Why were they coming against God's people? Well, here it tells us here. Why did they want to come against him? In verse number three. And so when the Israel had sown and the Mennonites came up and the Amalekites and the children of the east, even they came up against them and they encamped against them and destroyed the increase of the earth until they came upon Gaza and left no substance for Israel, neither sheep nor ox or ass. For they came up with their cattle and their tents and they came as grasshoppers for multitude for both of them. That their camels without numbers, and they enter into the land of, to destroy it. To destroy it. Watch what Gideon is doing when this happened. This is when Gideon comes on the scene. Verse number 11. And there came an angel of the Lord and said under an oak, which was at Oprah, that pertained unto jo- Joash and the Abazites, and his son Gideon. Threshing wheat by the wine press to hide it from the Midianites. Do you realize that a soldier can't fight without any food? It's tough to fight people when you ain't got food. 
you don't have the nourishment, you don't have the strength. The foe is trying to cut them off. They're trying to get their food supply. I, I read the story of a, a downed pilot. And, and they called him. He had spent weeks out in the jungle and they called him. And they, they heard him in, had a bunch of other down pilots, and they packed them all into this cart, and they would take them to the concentration camp. They had them packed in there so tight, all they could do was just stand face to face together. They couldn't move, couldn't sit, couldn't lay down anything. And at the front of one cart, they had a five-gallon barrel of water. At the back end of the cart, they had a five-gallon barrel that was empty. That's where you put your waste at. It didn't take long for the five-gallon barrel up front to get empty, and it sure didn't take long for that five-gallon barrel to get full. And they would be in this train, on this train cart for hours on hours on hours on hours, and that slush and that waste would just slash around, and, mess, and they were just getting tired. They couldn't go nowhere. They were wore out. They hadn't had no food. They had no drink. They had nothing. They were worn out. They would stop the train every periodically and let them off just to kind of refresh themselves and give them some fresh water. And that pilot said he got off that train and looked around. He said all the prisoners there outnumbered the guards three to one. Three to one. So they asked him, why didn't y'all overrun them? He said, we surely could. We'd have lost some, but we'd have took over because we outnumbered them three to one. He said, but the problem was we were so wore out, no food, no water, we just didn't feel like fighting. Let me tell you, child of God, if you get to the point where you're not getting the nourishment, you're not getting the honey, you're not getting the milk, you're not getting the bread of life and the church of God, you're going to get wore out that when you walk out in this world, you're not going to be able to fight and the devil's going to come up against you. He's going to feed you no matter how much strong you are. you got to come. That's why we come in here Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night to get that food that we can go out in this world and fight the things of this world and the enemy of this world. I'm not giving up. That's why I want to come and get some bread of life, get nourishment that I'm able to stand against the wiles of the devil in this world. If you come here looking for something, you'll find something. Amen? I'm just saying that. You come here when you don't feel like coming here. <laughs> Woo! When you come here, you don't want to listen to me. <laughs> you come here, you don't want to look at me. Just come on anyway. Because I'm telling you, what you can get at the house of God will fill you and nourish you and supply you that when you walk out those doors, when the devil comes against you, you'll be able to fight against the devil. You'll be able to stand against the devil. Hey, you say, devil, I might not can beat you by myself, but I've got a whole bunch of people behind me and we've all been nourished. We've all been fed. we got the word of God. we got the power of God. And I've got my fathers on my side, my brick brothers on my side. You come on after me, devil. I've got something for you today don't give up you may be faint but don't stop pursuing I know you're tired but don't turn back don't turn back 
I'm just about done. Chapter 8, our text chapter said, and they were faint yet pursuing. But from the start of chapter, following the crowd from chapter 7 to chapter 8 is a long ways. They have come a long way. You know one thing what keeps them from turning around? They have come, they have come too far to turn back now. What kept them going time without time without turning around? Because they said, we're going to finish what we said we're going to do. All those miles that they've been walking, all those miles they've been searching, they were passing people. What are y'all doing? We're looking for the Mennonites. We got a remnant that we need to get rid of so they don't come back and haunt the people of God. We're looking for them. We're pursuing them. We're not going to stop until we get them. All those people come by and say the same thing. What are y'all doing? We're going to fight the Mennonites. Okay, all those times, all those miles they kept going. If they got to the point where they had to turn around and say, you know what, I'm not going to go any further. Then I got to think, if I go turn around here, I got to go right back to where I went. And all those people I told them I wasn't going to quit, I'm going to have to look them in the face. Well, what, I thought you was going out the midnight. Yeah, I was, but I just gave up. I quit. Listen to me, child of God. <laughs> I want you to get this, and if you don't get nothing else, as long as you've been serving God and walking after God and you telling people I serve God, I love God, I'm worshiping God, I'm living to God, I'm walking with God, all those times and all those years and all those miles, and then some point you turn around and say, I quit, you've got to go right back. Every one of those people that you said you serve God and try to justify yourself on why you quit. I don't want to do that. I'm hard-headed. I'm just going to keep going. I'm not going to give the satisfaction to those who said you ain't going to make it. You're not going to stick it out. I think you might go for a week, a month, two months. It's like when we got married. People said it ain't going to last a week. I thought they knew something about her that I didn't know. But they knew me. Here, 49 years later, we're still saying, got you fooled, got you fooled. All those years you walked with God, serving God, and you, all those people you walked up, handed track to, and said, hey, won't you come to church with me? And next thing you know, you're sitting beside each other on a bar stool, and he said, hey, I thought you was going to that church. I go, yeah, but I decided to give it up. I decided to quit. I'm not going that way. That's, that's, that's hard to explain there. That's hard to explain. I don't want to go down this road all these years and turn around and say, you know, Lord, I'm done with you. I'm going back. And run into every one of those sorry low-life people I've tried to witness to and say, hey, I told you so. I told you, no. I want to serve God. You know what keeps Gideon going? They come a long way. It happened in Gideon's life in chapter 6 when he shows up. He's doing nothing but threshing wheat 
to hide it for this food for his family. In verse 12, And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. While he was working, God showed up. While you're working, God will show up. While you're working, God will show up. While you're serving God, God will show up. What keeps from getting from fainting chapter? He remembers what it was out there working one day when God showed up. If God showed up back there while I was working, God can show up here while I'm pursuing. God can still show up. I, I believe if I keep pursuing because I've seen God show up before and God can show up here. God shows up while he's looking for the will of God. Look, verse number 36, chapter 8. And Gideon said to the Lord, If thou wilt save Israel my hand, and thou shalt set, behold, I will set a fleece upon the wool of the floor. And he do on the fleece only, and the dry, ground, the dry upon on the earth beside it. Then shall I know that thou wilt save Israel by my hand, as thou hast said. And it was so, for the rose up early in the morning, one morning and thus the fleet together rained the dew out of it, fleece in a bowl of water. And Gideon said unto God, Let not thy anger be against me, and I will speak this once. Let me prove, I pray thee, but this once, that the feast, fleece, let it be dry only, but the fleece, and upon the ground, that there be dew. And God did so that night, and it was dry upon the morning, the fleece only, and there was dew on the ground. The reason why Gideon keeps pursuing while he was, when he's faint, he said, I remember a day I was looking for the will of God. I was looking for the will of God in my life. I don't know which way to go. I don't know what to do. God showed up and showed me. God made it wet on the fleece one day and dry on the ground the next day and, and dry, wet on, uh, dry on the fleece one day and wet on the ground one day. I, I seen God. He says, while I was working, God showed up. While I was looking for the will of God, God showed up. And certainly if the will of God showed up when I was working and the will of God showed up when I was looking, certainly while I am pursuit, the will of God and the power of God will show up. I'm telling you, while you in this pursuit for the things of God, don't give up because God will show up somewhere down the road and give you the strength to keep going when you feel like you're going to faint and fall out. I ain't got time to read all of it. You go read chapter Verses 22, down there, read that. You read all that. I ain't got time. You know the story. I'll tell you the story. Gideon's got the 300 men. Got all these men, 300, looking over the encampment of the Mennonites. All these people. Gideon certainly says, you know, we can't beat that. So God spoke to him. So I want you to get everybody to get a pot. So everybody put a lantern pot. I want everybody to get a trumpet. I want everybody to walk around and get around the camp in there. He says, when you hear the shout, the Lord, the sword of the Lord and get in upon you. I want you to break that pot to let the light shine. I want you to blow the trumpets. And that's exactly what happens. They, they break the pots and the lights out. And they, people got up and looked around and said, we, we're surrounded by thousands and thousands. They pulled out the swords and they start cutting themselves and killing themselves. And Gideon's up there and goes, y'all see that? We're not even down there and they're killing themselves. Amen. See what God can do when the odds are against you. You say, Lord, I don't know what I can do. It might not seem like, Lord, why don't a, a trumpet and a pot and a lamp? 300 people against 1,000. 
See, it's not the power of Gideon. It's not the power of the 300. It's the power of God. And you've got to realize it's not your might, it's not your strength, but it's the power of God in your life that gives you the victory of those things that you look at and say, I can't get the victory. I, I just can't do that. And then you look back. If anybody can look back in their life and look back in time, you say, well, I don't know how I did that. I don't know how I got through that. But somehow I did. You ought to just say, Lord, thank you. It was you that brought me through. I, I faced the odds that I should not have faced, and I came out a winner that I should not have won. Gideon says, you know, yet I faint. I've seen the power of God and I've seen the glory of God. He's been in my life. And I say, Lord, if he gave me the victory over those, and I'm pursuing that remnant, you're going to show up there. You might not look like you're getting a victory tonight, but God has the victory for you. I like the song saying this, when you're in the valley, you can't see the mountaintop. But God sees the mountaintop that you're going to stand on. You've got to trust him. You've got to trust him. Amen.